You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic on the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet, Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. The Spittin' Statistician. And you are listening live to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. As usual, give a big shout-out to our sports byline affiliates around the country and to the service men and women out there listening on American Forces Radio Network, getting a little taste of home from Speeds, helping you win your leagues and win that cash. I got my man, Chris Bovona. There it is. Chris Bavone on the ones and twos, keeping it so hot that we sweat steam on a Monday as we start to get into the first real week of preseason football. So we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk to you about. As you know, I go team by team. I am highlighting a different team. This week, we are in the NFC East, and we kick it off with the Washington football team today. We also, I'm going to be giving you my starting pitchers that you may use to uh, win a little bit of cash in DFS. If you may have been listening before on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, I just came off the DFS lineup lock show with my man Tony Sincata. We were breaking it down, so I got a little bit of extra insight into who you may want to play tonight. We also... um we're crowning the greatest sports movie of all time. We are in the Sweet 16. We go into the football region. We got an interesting matchup of high school football movies set in Texas. The 7-seed Varsity Blues and the 11-seed Friday Night Lights. These guys have both moved on. We're also going to hear what Aaron Rodgers thinks is the best sports movie of all time. It's not only on Fantasy Freestyle we're talking about it. A lot of people are talking about it. If you want to get down and make your voice heard, you can at FNTSY Radio on Twitter, at Spittin' Speed. You could always vote on the polls. Holla at your boy. You could also, uh, you know, ask me some questions, and I'll answer them on the show. We're doing the Washington football team. The over-under for them on the season is 7.5. You think that's a good line? Would you take the over? Would you take the under? Let us know. We got a lot to cover. I'm going to tell you about why I was killing it in DFS over the weekend with my starting pitchers, and I'll tell you who you need tonight to win some cash. It's your boy Dane Martinez right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Quarterback to receiver hookups, running back depth analysis, rookie values in dynasty leagues, deep sleepers, training camp battles. These are just a few of the in-depth features you will find inside the 2017 RotoExperts.com Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Plus, you get a full year of in-season coverage as a bonus. Get the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package now at RotoExperts.com. Enter free radio at checkout for your special discount. We 
We get John Blaze right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, and the bounty hunter, Chris Bavona, holding you down on a Monday. Listen, I don't know if you're excited, but I'm excited because there is real deal preseason football this week. We're going to start to see the answers on some of these camp battles, things of that nature, how the running back room and those committees are going to shake out. So keep it locked to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is the time when you gain the advantage on the other people in your league so you know what to do before everybody else. So whether it's from Jake Seeley, whether it's Tony Sincata, Greg Sussman, Mike Florio, or your boy Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician, we are here to hold you down. Let's get into real quick the starting lineups here in Major League Baseball. I have some news breaking over the weekend that you need to know about. First of all, Yankees outfielder Matt Holliday was sent to the DL dealing with the back injury. The Yankees have recalled Garrett Cooper. Remember, they traded for him a couple of weeks ago. He was a stud in the AAA system of Milwaukee so far this year. Hasn't really had consistent at-bats much with the Yankees, but it looks like he will be filling in. Remember, they always have Headley and the newly acquired Todd Frazier in the corner infield spots as well. The Indians have activated all-star Jason Kipnis, their second baseman. He missed a month with that hamstring injury, but they have activated him. He is ready to roll for Cleveland moving forward. Also, interesting to note, remember when we were talking the last couple of weeks about how the trading deadline was coming and, oh, these teams are going to make moves, and a lot of teams did. July 31st is the trading deadline. However, you then still have another full month to make trades as long as the people are clearing waivers. And so the piece of news that I have for you is that Tigers stud starting pitcher Justin Verlander has in fact cleared waivers and that means he can now be traded. Listen, he's got a 4.2 ERA, but he is still Justin Verlander. He has been better lately, so if there's a win-now team that's going for it and wants that kind of stability or experience in their rotation, ahem, the Houston Astros per chance, that is still a viable option and there is news that the Astros and Tigers are in fact in talks about Justin Verlander. Some not as happy news. Angels starting pitcher Matt Shoemaker. He's going to have surgery effectively ending his season. He's got a nerve issue in his forearm. Is going to go under the knife ending the season of Matt Shoemaker. So you need to know and you can drop him with confidence in any kind of redraft or dynasty leagues. Also, Twins third baseman Miguel Sano, who had such a great all-star weekend in the home run derby going into the finals. Um, he's going to have an MRI today. Okay, He got hit by a pitch in his hand on Friday, missed the entire weekend. He is still not in that lineup, so he's going to go ahead and have an MRI. A lot of times, remember, with that 10-day DL that they can offer and he could be retroactive, if they don't like what they see, don't get it twisted. You may see Miguel Sano very quickly on the 10-day DL just to kind of give him a little bit extra time. Keeping it moving, though, here on the Fantasy Freestyle. I gave you a lot of pitchers over the weekend, okay? Some days... And some guys were really, really good calls. And others, I must admit, I must admit that maybe you shouldn't have followed me. But we start on Friday where DeGrom and Madison Bumgarner were the chalk. I told you that another way to go could be about James Paxton for Seattle against Kansas City. How he had four, excuse me, he had seven straight quality starts and had struck out 55 guys over his last 46 innings. Well, he got another quality start, okay? He got the win as the Mariners beat the Royals 5-2 to 
on Friday, making Paxton now 12-3 and on the season. He went six innings, giving up only two runs, getting that quality start for you, and striking out seven over six innings, keeping that strikeout upside. So hopefully you listen to me about Paxton. But the opposite is true about Brad Peacock. I thought Peacock had been good with his 32% strikeout rate. That was fourth in all of Major League Baseball. I told you about that. But he put up, oh, he put up a dumpster fire of an effort on Friday. And here's the funny part. He went six innings, but he gave up seven runs. The funny part is those seven runs were still good enough to get a win because the Houston Astros offense was deep, and they won that game against the Toronto Blue Jays on Friday, 16-7. to Brad Peacock is now 10-1 and on the season, but you don't like the seven runs he gave up. On Saturday, I told you that Rich Hill would be a great option against the Mets. The only question is, would he go six innings? Well, guess what? He did not. He only went five innings, but still struck out eight, only giving up three runs so you get a little feast or famine there with Rich Hill. I also told you about uh, Charlie Morton against those same Blue Jays for the Astros. Charlie Morton with his strikeout upside got you 7Ks in 7 innings only giving up 3 runs another quality start for Charlie Morton. On Sunday there were 2 guys that I gave you. Both of them turned out to be good. I told you about Luis Severino. He struck out 9 going almost 7 innings giving up only 1 run as the Yankees won 8-1. to Severino improves to 9 and 4 on the season. I also told you about the strikeout upside of Archer going against the Milwaukee Brewers, okay? And he went six innings, giving up only one run, striking out seven. So that was a nice another call by your boy Dane Martinez Speeds, the spitting statistician. Tonight, however, there's only seven games on the slate, and Max Scherzer at 11,100 on FanDuel is the obvious chalk, is the obvious answer. Remember, I love Max Scherzer. I have said I even think he is now the best pitcher in all of baseball. However, there is a little bit of a rain issue Okay, there is rain in the forecast later on tonight in our nation's capital. So keep an eye out on that. I still think Scherzer is worth the price, worth the money to go all the way up to eleven thousand one hundred on FanDuel. If you're not interested in that, let me make uh, let me give you two other options. Okay, first is Irwin Santana. Irwin Santana is at ninety three hundred, so still pretty expensive. But he is at home against the Milwaukee Brewers. I told you about the Milwaukee Brewers, and how they strike out a lot. I like pitchers that are against the Brewers because the, stri- the strikeouts come. I told you about Archer yesterday on Sunday, and he struck out seven Brewers in six innings. I think the same might happen tonight. Even though Irwin Santana is not a big-time strikeout pitcher, I like the fact that he's been good. Listen, his last start, he had a complete game effort against the Padres, giving up only two runs, and he struck out nine Padres in nine innings his last time out. Okay, The Padres are the fourth Highest team in terms of striking out in Major League Baseball. The Milwaukee Brewers strike out more than any team in Major League Baseball. I think Erwin Santana is going to have a good effort tonight. And at 9300 that will save you some money if you don't want to spend up all the way for Max Scherzer. The other person that I think is viable is uh, J.C. Ramirez. J.C. Ramirez is facing Dylan Bundy tonight, okay, as the Orioles take on the Angels. And this is the great idea to explain the difference between cash games and tournaments, okay? J.C. Ramirez at 7,900 
He's a guy who I think is a safer play. Okay, he's a safer floor kind of guy. He's been decent, okay? In his last three starts, he has three quality starts in his last three outings, giving up only three runs in 20 and almost 21 innings, okay? So you like that. That's a kind of floor that I like. So in a cash game, I think he's a viable option at 7,900. If you're going to play in a tournament, though, Dylan Bundy may be a place to go, okay? He's been very inconsistent, and I acknowledge that, okay? In his last eight starts, for example, five times he's given up five or more runs, okay? The other three starts have been really good, have been about 25 DraftKings points for a 3x return. I think it's, you know, that's the difference, okay? So if you're going to be in a tournament play, you kind of want to have the guy that no one else has, and Dylan Bundy may be that guy. However, if you're going to play in a cash game tonight and you don't want to spend up for Scherzer, I think J.C. Ramirez could be a viable option. So keep an eye on that game on the West Coast, especially if you got some late swap opportunity. J.C. Ramirez versus Dylan Bundy. I think that's somewhere where you could go. So tomorrow when we're back here on the Fantasy Freestyle, um, you know, feel free to chime on in at 844-843-6879 if that held you down and won you some cash. And if it didn't, Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Spittin' Speeds because I know everybody loves to troll when, uh, you know, things don't go so well. When we come back, though, we turn the page, we go to football, we preview the Washington football team. We got we to gotta pull up right now about their over-under. Um, my man Gabe Morency, Red Heat and Rage, he actually thinks... Washington is going to be the uh, definition of mediocre this year. So we're going to get into any kind of fantasy football goodness. And if there's any viable bet here on their over-under win total, all that and more when we come back right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez, let's go. Quarterback to receiver hookups. Running back depth analysis. Rookie values in dynasty leagues. Deep sleepers. Training camp battles. These are just a few of the in-depth features you will find inside the 2017 RotoExperts.com Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Plus, you get a full year of in-season coverage as a bonus. Get the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package now at RotoExperts.com. Enter free radio at checkout for your special discount. Nowadays, everybody want to talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move the lips, just a bunch of gibberish, and act like you forgot about Dre. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, right here on the Fantasy Freestyle, on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We drop stats over beats with my man, Chris Bavona. He is the bounty hunter right there on the ones and twos, making it so hot that we sweat steam. And, yo, football season is upon us officially. You know, last week we had the Hall of Fame game. We had some uh, guys get enshrined into the Hall of Fame over the weekend. And the preseason starts in earnest this week. So we have no shortage of news and notes to get to you. As you know, the big news, the Miami Dolphins have signed uh, I guess retired, free agent, retired, whatever you want to call him, broadcaster. Jay Cutler has been signed by the Dolphins for a one-year $10 million deal. Now listen, I told you this on Friday. When we were here on Friday leaving, I said by the time we're here on Monday, we're going to hear that Ryan Tannehill had ligament damage, and we're going to hear that Jay Cutler is the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. Well, here we are, and I hate to say I told you so, but... 
You know what it is. I told you, I think this is a good fit. And here's why. Because he has experience with the head coach, Adam Gaze. Gaze was his offensive coordinator when they were in Denver. If you look at some of the stats that you can find, Cutler and Tannehill have eerily similar production in terms of their QB rating, in terms of their touchdown-to-interception ratio, in terms of their yards per game. So it may not be any kind of big change for the Miami Dolphins. Head coach Adam Gaze has also said that Cutler did quote-unquote, didn't come out of retirement to be a backup. You know who I think is the worst in all this is Matt Moore. Matt Moore was one of those backup quarterbacks that is on the fringe where people think like, kind of like Mike Glennon. Right where he could have had an opportunity maybe to start somewhere else, but he played the good soldier route, stayed as the backup, and then they let Jay Cutler just leapfrog him. So keep an eye on that, and look what Jay Cutler does. He will be the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins moving forward. In Denver, the Broncos have listed on their depth chart quote-unquote, Simeon or Lynch as their QB1. This is another battle to watch in preseason. Will it be Simeon? Will it be Paxton Lynch under center for the Denver Broncos? Remember, when I spotlighted the Denver Broncos, though, I was fading this team, picking them to finish last in the AFC West, and quite frankly, this is the reason why. I love their defense, as you know, but I do not believe in Simeon or Lynch as a QB1 for the Broncos if they hope to make a return to the playoffs this year. Also, we have another interesting quarterback competition in Cleveland where we have, you know, Cody Kessler is listed at the top of the Jeff chart. You know, they signed, Desha- excuse me, they drafted Deshaun Kaiser with their second round pick, which is really like 33 overall, and they have big ideas for him. But guess who is going to start their first preseason game? You may remember him. I called him the $72 million noose around another franchise. It's Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler. Osweiler is going to start the preseason game opener for the Cleveland Browns. Now, don't get overexcited, Osweiler fans, and I know you're out there. Apparently, this is just a way for the team to get him reps with the first team because he has not gotten first team reps in practice. Here's what head coach Hugh Jackson had to say. At this stage of the evaluation process of our quarterbacks, we're going to have Brock start the preseason opener against the Saints on Thursday. A lot goes into our evaluation, but it's always going to be about efficiently and effectively running the offense. You want your starter to get first-team reps. But Brock hasn't gotten any first-team reps, so this will be his chance. We look forward to seeing what he could do with this opportunity during the week and against the Saints. So it sounds like they're just going to throw him to the fire and see if he can do anything in live action week one of the preseason against the New Orleans Saints and their number one defense. In Miami, Dolphins wide receiver Jarvis Landry. Apparently, there is a battery investigation going on against him in a kind of domestic, uh, domestic dispute. This clearly does does not help the Miami Dolphins already losing Tannehill. I told you about a lineman that went down. Now Jarvis Landry, but for him personally, remember, this is a contract year for him. He's supposed to be showing up, showing out, being the PPR machine so that he can get a contract. I don't know if this helps to have some kind of baggage. However, let's spin it positively because there is a buzz I have to report 
on another wide receiver. We go back to Kansas City. This is not the first time we are hearing positive buzz on this guy. I'm talking about their standout wide receiver, Tyreek Hill. Okay, they think that Tyreek Hill is going to be a complete breakout wide receiver one. Remember, Macklin is not there anymore. Remember, we've heard about the chemistry building with him and quarterback Alex Smith. They have now confirmed that they're pulling Tyreek Hill off of punt returns for this season okay he may still do kickoff returns but I don't think that's why you were drafting Tyreek Hill because I know he did have special teams touchdowns last year but you gotta love the upside of Tyreek Hill even if he's not the return man there because he is their legitimate number one wide receiver we do have some injuries Josh Doxson wide receiver for Washington left uh, left practice on Sunday with a hamstring issue. Remember, a lot of people getting hurt, a lot of people pulling hamstrings early in seasons because they haven't worked their way into full shape. Also, sad news for the New York Jets. Their presumptive number one wide receiver, Quincy Inunwa, had a neck injury in their scrimmage on Saturday. He's been placed on injured reserve Ending his season before it even got started. Now, I was high on Quincy Inunua because I said someone's got to catch balls for the New York Jets. Well, now I even doubled down on that point. Who is going to catch passes for the New York Jets this season in a season where we think they're going to be down and behind in a lot of games and throwing the ball? Next man up is undrafted rookie, excuse me, undrafted free agent Robbie Anderson. Remember, they signed guys like Lucky Whitehead. We're talking about draft picks like um, Chris Hansen. Hanson, Adarius Stewart. These are all guys who may actually get burned for the Jets this year. Vikings running back Latavius Murray has been cleared to practice. Remember, he was battling the recovery from that ankle surgery. He has been cleared to practice. However, Dalvin Cook has gotten a real good head start on him and is listed atop the depth chart. We also got to go to the Buffalo Bills, who today signed Anquan Bolden to a one-year $2.75 million deal. The 36-year-old receiver was coming off a pretty good season with 67 catches, 584 yards, and eight touchdowns. Let's see if he could do that again in Buffalo. All right, we got to keep it moving here. I told you I preview a different team every day. We are starting in the NFC East with the Washington football team. And uh, we go position by position. We look at the schedule. I give you everything you need to know. And then at the end, we check in on that poll. So if you want to vote on how you think they're going to do relative to their season win total, you can get out there right now at FNTSY Radio, at Spittin' Speeds on Twitter, and make your voice heard. First of all, we start with Washington with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins was QB5 on the player radar last year, okay? This guy had over 4,900 yards passing, 25 touchdowns, only 12 interceptions. Granted, he lost some weapons. You know, Pierre Garçon, gone. Deshaun Jackson, gone. But he does have Terrell Pryor now and a guy that I really like, Jamison Crowder, that he's building a rapport with. Listen, I think that Kirk Cousins is going to have another similar season okay 4,500 yards put it down that's the way their offense goes this is a passing offense Kirk Cousins will have more attempts than most quarterbacks I have him ranked as my QB 8 so does my man Corey Parson the fantasy executive so to me your QB 8 your QB 9 those are the first guys that are going to go in this tier that I'm telling you to wait for if you remember here on the fantasy freestyle I'm telling you not to draft the quarterback early no Aaron Rodgers no Tom Brady no Drew Brees Kirk Cousins to me is like the best quarterback you can get 
if you waited so long, okay? If you're waiting and going to watch, you know, the Cam Newtons, the Matthew Staffords, the Philip Rivers, Kirk Cousins to me is the best of those guys. So if you wait on all the quarterbacks after, say, Matt Ryan and Andrew Locke and Derek Carr, then is the time, whether it's like the seventh, eighth, ninth round, that's when you pounce on a guy like Kirk Cousins. I think in that situation, he will return incredible value. I think he's going to have a good year because remember, he continues to bet on himself. So he needs to continue to produce for whoever he's playing for next season. As we look to the running backs on the Washington football team, this could be interesting, okay? You got Fat Rob Kelly like, whoa, he ran for 704 yards and six touchdowns as the presumptive starter last year. They're now saying they like what he's doing in camp. I'm staying away from Fat Rob Kelly. I'm also staying away from Samaji Pirine. I know a lot of people like this kid, the rookie out of Oklahoma. And, you know, from a skill standpoint, I like what I see, okay? A lot of people compare him just as favorably to Joe Mixon, who was also at Oklahoma. And everybody knows how much, you know, the skills that we think Joe Mixon brings. Samaji Pirine is not much different. And he's got, in terms, in my opinion, a better opportunity. He doesn't have Jeremy Hill or Giovanni Bernard like Mixon does, blocking him or sharing opportunity. The only problem is, I think this is a three-headed monster. You got Fat Rob in the early work, right? But the guy maybe to own, especially in PPR leagues, is Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson got, you know, 350 rushing yards, but also 50 catches for 350 receiving yards. He had 62 targets last year as a running back. That was top 10 in the NFL among running backs. The only other guys that weren't just like bell cow workhorse backs like a Shady McCoy or a David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, the only other pass-catching backs that had that many targets were guys that you've heard of. Guys like Theo Riddick, guys like Darren Sproles, James White, and Duke Johnson. Chris Thompson for Washington is on that level when we talk about a PPR back. He may be the running back to own in Washington. I'm going to tell you real quick before we go to break, I'm fading Jordan Reed, okay? I know some people think he's even the top tight end on the board. Corey Parsom has him as tight end one this year. I don't buy his health. I think he is an injury risk. I love him, but I'm not going to spend the draft capital to get Jordan Reed. I think there's a big stack of tight ends further down that could be viable. I am fading Jordan Reed hard. We'll talk more about the Washington football team when we come back, but this is Dane Martinez, Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My man Chris Bavona on the ones and twos, bringing you in with a little Jada Kiss. That's why uh, I had an opportunity to see Jada Kiss live yesterday in the BX for a free concert, you know. 
gotta love me some Jadakus. All right, we were getting into the Washington football team before the break, and I'm about to get into their wide receiver room, but I gotta tell you, first of all, listen, it is time. It is time for you to start thinking about what you need to do to build a fantasy football champion. So I gotta tell you with it. What you need to do is pick the squad at rotoexperts.com. Get the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. The Roto Experts lineup has FSWA inaugural Hall of Famer and Fantasy Football Writer of the Year Scott Angle, nationally acclaimed top ranker Jake Seeley, 2015 and 16 FSWA award winners like Bobby McMahon and Brandon Murchison. We got depth. We got upside. Guys like Frank Stanfield, Mike Florio. We bring you a draft package bursting with all pro analysis and in-season coverage that will take you to the title. Get the exclusive edge fantasy football package at rotoexperts.com and be sure to enter promo code free radio at checkout you will get a special discount and then on top of that my man Corey parson the fantasy executive he's got the executive edge super premium package okay not only just draft positions but auction values and he's also he's got the fantasy executive snapchat okay so you can snap with the fantasy executive and get all the most up-to-date information from him and yo i worked something out with him i'm gonna help you out if you do that, you go to rotoexperts.com slash executive and you want to get the super premium package, enter the promo code Dane. That's right, D-A-N-E, Dane, and you will get a special discount. I told you before the break, I was fading Jordan Reed. Now listen, great talent, okay, and led the NFL in like points per game at the tight end position last season. But the problem is he only plays like 11 or 12 games every season. He seems to be one of those guys with the soft tissue injuries that is always hurt. So I'm not going to spend up for my tight end and think I have it locked only like in week five or week six to start thinking about that I got to stream or find the tight end on the waiver wire. I am not going to do that with my one and only tight end. He's one of those fantasy fugazis to me. I will not be on Jordan Reed. But I told you I wanted to get into the wide receiver room because... Like in Oakland, how I told you I like Crabtree better than Cooper. Like in Denver, how I told you I like Sanders better than DT. I think this is another situation where their number two wide receiver, I am actually a little higher on relative to ADP than their number one wideout. They signed Terrell Pryor in the offseason, and Terrell Pryor was wideout 20 last year, okay? This guy had over a 1,000 yards receiving with the Cleveland Browns, for God's sakes. Had 77 catches and four touchdowns as well. Remember, in his first full season as a wide receiver, he was playing quarterback before that all the way back to Ohio State. There's no reason now going from the Browns offense to the Washington offense that there's not more opportunity there as the wideout one. I do think TP3 could be primed for a nice season. I have Terrell Pryor as my wideout 25. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, has him as wideout 24. So you see where we are on him. But I got to tell you something. I am just slightly higher on Jamison Crowder. Listen, last year, if you were listening to the Fantasy Freestyle, I told you about Jamison Crowder, and I told you to stash him in Dynasty Leagues. I told you because the Redskins would lose their number one and number two wide receivers to free agency. That was Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson. Well, both of those things happened, okay? And Jamison Crowder, I think, is the guy that Kirk Cousins' eyes will go to first. I think they have chemistry. I really think that he was... Wide receiver 26 last year. 
I think he can do better than that this year. The wide receiver I love for Washington that I am going to invest in is not Terrell Pryor. Instead, it is the Duke product, and you never thought you'd say that. The Duke wide receiver that you really want on your fantasy football team. I think Jamison Crowder is a viable high-end wide receiver three, and maybe in deeper leagues, a low-end wide receiver two. Those are my two diamonds in the rough for this team. I like Chris Thompson, the pass catching back out of the backfield. He was on the field a ton last year, and you like the pass catching back in this offense. Remember, his targets were like 10th most among running backs in the NFL, including some kind of like workhorse guys, and I love Jamison Crowder. I think both of these guys are going to be undervalued this year. Our poll has the over-under for the Washington football team at seven and a half. So, Chris Bavona, let me ask you, where do you see the fantasy goodness on Washington this year, and where do you see the Washington football team finishing in the NFC East? Are you over or under seven and a half? I'm going to say I think it's about right. Okay. I'm going to say pa- I'm going to pass on this one because I think they will be either maybe they go 9 and 7, maybe they go 8 and 8, maybe they go 7 and 9. I don't think I don't think anything higher than that. I like uh, I like Kirk Cousins for um, uh, quarterback value. I like the idea of picking him in like the seventh round and skipping out on guys like Brady and Breeze right. and still getting the same amount of value because of all the guys that I love on this, as much as I love Jordan Reed for his athletic ability, you're absolutely right. He's on my dynasty team. I don't want him anymore because I just fear his injuries. I have Eric Ebron as my backup. I'm probably going to keep him instead. The one guy I agree with you wholeheartedly, and the reason why I'm a high on Kirk Cousins is Jamison Crowder. We love Jamison Crowder here on the Fantasy Freestyle. One last note that I didn't mention. You know, we talk about the risk of Jordan Reed. There is another tight end in Washington, and it's Vernon Davis, okay? And Vernon Davis, they signed to another deal. They like Vernon Davis, whether it's an insurance policy for Jordan Reed or because they want to run two tight ends. Vernon Davis is viable at the tight end position, and if and when Jordan Reed goes down, especially for a guy like you, Chris, um, Vernon Davis could be a guy to have. So it sounds like you are passing on this bet, and you think it's a good line. They're going to be sitting right around that 7.5 line. I personally am taking the under. I am down on this team, okay? They still have... Uh, a pretty bad defense, if you want to know the truth. And I know we don't talk about that in fantasy as much, but they finished 28th in the NFL on total defense, giving up 378 yards a game. I don't think they did a ton to improve that defense. And I also think that, listen... Kirk Cousins does have a little bit less weapons. I think it's going to take a little time for Pryor to assimilate. I do think Jordan Reed is an injury risk. You're going to be counting on a guy like Rob Kelly or maybe a rookie P. Ryan. I take the under. I actually think that Washington finishes in last place in the AFC East. I have them at around 10 wins, so when I see this over-under of 7.5, I say take the under. However, 52% of you do not agree with Chris or I and say take the over. Over half of you think that the Washington football team will win at least eight games. My man Gabe Morency on Red Heat and Rage who follows us on the Fantasy Sports Network, he thinks the Redskins will go eight and eight defining mediocrity. If you still think you want to get out there and vote right now, please do. But 52% of you say take the under. Holler at your boy, okay, because I will make that bet with you. I think the Washington football team does not get to eight victories this season. All right, Chris, 
We got to uh, we got to get into it because we got the Sweet Sixteen of the greatest sports movie of all time going on right now. We are in the Sweet Sixteen, and uh, you know the one seeds did not do so well in uh, last week's action. Okay, they we had not. we had some one seeds go down. Okay, we had Field of Dreams lose to the Sandlot. We have Hoop Dreams that lost to Space Jam. Our one seed Rocky. Did advance, but we go now to the um, football region where I got to tell you, man, I got to tell you, you got a lot of Cinderella's, right? You got the one seed Rudy, but you got the 12 seed Waterboy, 11 seed Friday Night Lights, and the seven seed Varsity Blues. We got a va- matchup right now of high school football in Texas, Billy Bob as a character in the movie with Varsity Blues, Billy Bob as the actor, Billy Bob Thornton in Friday Night Lights. What I want to do, though, is, you know, it's great to hear that we're not the only people thinking about sports movies at this point in time, Chris. You know who else is commenting on this? Aaron Rodgers is also commenting on this. And, you know, he was asked in a recent podcast uh, what his favorite football movies are. And it's interesting. He's kind of in line with what the people are saying. So, Chris, I want you to play what Aaron Rodgers has to say, and then we're going to break down what the poll says and uh, the previous MVPs thinking on these football movies. All right, let's get what Aaron Rodgers has to say about the greatest football movies of all time. Yes. And it's harder to find. I know. It's a lot harder to find. Is that right? I would imagine so. Yeah, but um, as far as like the original, um, like orange, yellow, and red, I, I usually went with the orange. What is your favorite football movie? Football movie? A movie, sorry. Movie in general? Yeah. Oh, no. no football movie. Football movie. Said mo- moments. No. Football movie? Yeah. It's tough. Uh, Varsity Blues was kind of the first one that really meant something to me. All right, so there you hear it. Aaron Rodgers is into Varsity Blues. He goes on to talk about a whole mess of other football movies as well. And then at the very end, he fades Friday Night Lights specifically. He says that he does not like Friday Night Lights, that he likes Varsity Blues. So uh, Aaron Rodgers is big on Varsity Blues. I also voted Varsity Blues here. Uh, Chris Bavona, my cinephile, uh, who you got in this matchup? I have to go with Varsity Blues as well. I got to go with Aaron Rodgers and you on this one. There's no way that I, – I grew up on Varsity Blues. I like Friday Night Lights. I love me Billy Bob Thornton. I think he's a great actor. But there's a one problem with that movie, and his name is Lucas Black. He plays the quarterback in Friday Night Lights. He is an awful actor. He, was, he started off in the movie Sling Blade with Billy Bob Thornton as well, but he just, he just plays the same exact part. Just that same, you know, southern boy who right. who you just really wish he could just act better. And it, it's just so bad. So fading off, fading off Friday Night Lights, loving me, Billy Bob and Tweeter and, John, and, and Moxon and Lance Harbor, Varsity Blues it is. Well, there you have it. And right now, 61% of you who have voted agree with me, agree with Aaron Rodgers, agree with our man, the Bounty Hunter, and are going with Varsity Blues. We also have a couple of uh, responses. Some people feel strongly about this movie matchup, and I want to ask your opinion on this one. First of all, someone says, uh, my man Steve Zomick out there says, absolute horrific travesty if people think Varsity Blues is a better movie. 
Okay? And then a response, though, my man Howie Balaban out there who's been chiming in a lot of these matchups says, I'd say Varsity Blues is a better movie, but Friday Night Lights is better if you're basing your vote on the TV series, which was outstanding. Now, a lot of people do think about Friday Night Lights, the TV, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose, that sort of thing. Do you think your opinion of the TV show should factor into your decision here at all? In this case, absolutely not. It should not. It has nothing to do with that movie. It has nothing to do with that team. You got to remember, Friday Night Lights, that movie is based on a book, based on a true story. The whole Friday Night Lights, the TV series, it has nothing to do with that movie. It has nothing. So, sorry, I'm sure, listen, I've actually never seen Friday Night Lights, the TV show. I just know for a fact it has nothing to do with the movie. So that's why you cannot base, you can't base your vote on a TV series that has nothing to do with the movie. All right, strong hot take out of Chris Pavona. And Chris, you did another... uh... You did another uh, matchup on the producers. Yesterday we had Yesterday, a very right? Long- it was Caddyshack and Talladega Nights. Yeah. Um, so here's what we're going to do. I would love to hear the results of that poll as well. But we're going to do that when we come back because we're up against the break right now. I do want to let you know Nationals have an early lead on the Marlins, one nothing in the third. Pirates up one nothing on the Tigers. Reds up one nothing on the Padres. All those games in the third inning. Those are the games that are going on. Remember, a short slate today. No big runs so far. So all those pitchers are doing just okay. When we come back right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network, we're gonna hear why. Uh, we're gonna hear why uh, Chris Bav- what Chris Bavona did on the producers with Caddyshack versus the uh, ballad of Ricky Bobby. Okay, so we're gonna close that out. Fantasy freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician, holding you down. Let's go. Get on board to the fastest-growing fantasy sports radio network in the business. Featuring the FSTA award-winning on-target fantasy, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the rookie of the year in the industry, and it's only growing. Fantasy Sports Radio Network at FNTSY.com slash radio. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm getting more responses from Howie. Howie Balaban responded right away to me saying, get this, Bavona, saying, Chris is right. I voted Varsity Blues. I guess that means that uh, he did not consider the TV show for Friday Night Lights going straight from the movies, voting Varsity Blues. Howie also says, you know, how I'm making all my picks over the weekend. I bet your picks over the weekend didn't include Syndergaard scoring a kill. Of course, uh, he's referencing Game of Thrones out there saying, unfortunately, Las Vegas did not have any odds on that. Thank you, as always, to my man Howie Balaban chiming in. But, uh, Chris, Caddyshack and Ricky Bobby, how'd that play out over the weekend on the producers? Oh, my God. My bad, man. And uh, let me tell you something. I thought that this would be a lot closer than I thought it would be between Caddyshack and Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights being one of our Cinderella teams. But, as I kind of expected... I think the Cinderella story was not for the other region where you had the two big juggernauts in Rocky and Caddyshack, and Caddyshack took that to heart. 
and they ended up winning with a score of 67% to 33. Absolutely. And so our first kind of like elite eight matchup is set to see who will get to the final four. And whoever did this seeding is the man. I don't know who it was. But in this wild card region, we will be left with the number one seed Rocky and the number two seed Caddyshack. I know we got some strong opinions about what might advance there, including Rocky, which did in fact win a Best Picture Oscar. So we'll see if Rocky gets it all the way to the final four. Tomorrow, we will keep it moving in our tournament as we chug along to the Elite Eight. We will also continue to preview the NFC East. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to try and keep the Dallas Cowboys back as far as I can this week so that we get news of any suspension around Ezekiel Elliott. That has still been up in the air. So tomorrow, don't get it twisted, we are going to be talking about the New York Football Giants. Uh, Should Odell Beckham get his money? Does Eli Manning have anything left? And what about that defense? Will it be a top five defense this year? All that and more tomorrow here on the Fantasy Freestyle. Red Heat and Rage coming up next on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network with my boy Gabe Morency. We'll check out and see how their horse is doing as we head towards the Breeders' Cup and the Travers and the Spa up at Saratoga. Come on back tomorrow. Dane Martinez, Fantasy Freestyle. Peace.